3: Uh, maybe it's more than just a theory a couple of days ago i asked you if you wanted to hear a conspiracy theory Uh, i told you about a story at beckernews.com about possible bio labs in ukraine funded and run by the united states and the fact that the russians were worried about them and that that was one of the reasons they felt the need to invade Ukraine. Becker News produced documents that showed the Russians had information about the labs. Well, Victoria Newland, who's an under who is Undersecretary of State, said this in a congressional hearing a little while ago. "Quote: Ukraine has biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned that the Russian troops, Russian forces, may be seeking to gain control of." So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of Russian forces. And there were reports of those, uh, those uh, documents being scrubbed. That's what the Russians were claiming anyway. So what was going on in those labs that would make Kerr worry about the Russians getting a hold of them? I'm guessing they probably weren't trying to find a cure for cancer there. Uh, And if there were bioweapons being made and they were being developed in a country right on the Russian border, would they qualify as, uh, how you say, uh, weapons of mass destruction? And if so, would Russia have the same justification for invading Ukraine that the U.S. had for invading Iraq? Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, mentioned that a few days ago. He made the comparison to the us invading a country that was 10,000 miles away to Russia invading one on its border if it was about um, weapons of mass destruction. Who knows? Maybe it is just a conspiracy theory, but if uh, if the U.S. wasn't working with biolabs in China, what would be so far-fetched about the U.S. working with them in Ukraine? Well, when we come back after the break, that's one of the things I will talk to James Carafano about. He's a foreign policy expert at the Heritage Foundation. We'll also talk about what you should expect uh, if Russia decides to declare cyber war on us. And in our second half hour, we're gonna revisit that story about Pitt and those experiments with aborted fetuses. Fetuses, I should say. It's not going away. Stick around. Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee. With prices set to increase on all exterior products, lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate at Pittsburgh.com. Find them at the Pittsburgh Home Show now through Sunday. You've tried the rest, now try the best. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Us. you've tried the rest, now try the
2: best. Attention, this is a special alert for all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an overpriced auto warranty or no warranty coverage at all. Due to the increase of new and used car prices, repair costs, and the price of gas, people are keeping their cars longer than ever, which is why CarShield is announcing a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on covered auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can save thousands for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. You could save thousands on future auto repairs. Our specialists are standing by for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-708-1855. Vehicle protection plan pricing is at an all-time low. Plus, drivers who purchase this coverage today will receive rental car options, free roadside assistance, and free towing. Call 800-708-1855 now for your free quick quote. That's 800-708-1855. What do you have to lose? Call 800-708-1855. Again,
4: 800-708-1855. You've all heard it in the news, folks. Heating costs are surging through the roof. But right now, Eden Pure is offering an amazing discount on their Gen 40 heater. This 5-pound Gen 40 produces 50% more heat than the big box heaters that are 7 times its size. The Gen 40 superheater is efficient. It produces infrared heat using advanced micro-solid-state technology with built-in safety shuttles And it comes with a remote control for you. So for a limited time, the Eden Pure Gen 40 is $200 off the regular price. People all over the country are reporting massive savings on their heating bills. So keep warm and save money because right now it's the perfect time to buy more than one. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use discount code radio20. That's radio20. And you'll get an additional $20 off. That's $220 total savings by going to EdenPureDeals.com right now. Use discount code radio20, that's radio20, and shipping is free.
5: Are you wondering if this year you'll still be asking why it seems so easy for other people to find love but so hard for me? If you're feeling the pain of being alone and are tired of everyone around you finding their soulmates and leaving you behind, then get ready to remove the barriers to finding the marriage of your dreams and start believing it's possible for you. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. Join me in my Married in 12 Months Challenge where I'll teach you why now is your time to find love, what are the lies that are holding you back, why God wants you to be married, the biblical law of attraction, and the tools you need to become a bride. Listen, if you deeply desire to be married but you're still single, you should be doing something about it. Sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com. The only thing you have to lose is the pain of being alone on your journey. So join me at lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com.
0: Dr. Sebastian Gorka saw hypocrisy during the State of
6: the Union. All the Democrats with their little yellow and blue stickers calling for liberty and freedom of the Ukrainian people as we witness what they've done to us for two years. The liberty of Ukrainians matter, but not the liberty of your own people. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons
0: at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The This is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer.
3: Well, the the consensus seems to be that Vladimir Putin is having a much tougher time uh, than he thought he was going to have with Ukraine. And uh, maybe he learned a lesson. Uh, That's, I guess, we're going to find out if he did, or maybe he's in the process of learning a lesson right now but uh, James Carafano who's a foreign policy expert at the Heritage Foundation says uh, China could be going to school on what's happening in Ukraine and uh, we are waiting to uh, we are efforting to get him right now as they say in radio hope to talk to him in a second here um, I told you about in the open the uh, the story about the bio labs in Ukraine that's a, a really interesting story Um that if, if you're the Russians and you believe that, whether they believe that uh, – first of all, whether they're telling the truth that they believe that or whether they believe that and it's not true or even if they believe it um, and it, is, well, and of course, if they believe it and it is true, then wouldn't that justify them wanting to uh, go into Ukraine and find out what's going on there? That's uh, – it would seem to me that that would be the case um, and – we just uh you know we just got through and you may have noticed we just got through a worldwide pandemic that most people i think uh, most people seem to believe now that it was it it uh originated from a lab where they were working on um, i guess combating bio weapons and working on viruses and all that stuff so if you are if you are the uh Ukrainians, that might be something that you'd be worried about. But uh, James Carafano of the uh, Heritage Foundation is on the line now. James, thanks for being here.
7: You know, I always like to start interviews by saying great to be with you, but with everything going on in the world today, it's just really hard to say the (laughs) word "great."
3: I hear you. Um, but it's so good to have you on because I got to do a radio show, but I, I appreciate you doing it. <laughs> um, I get that. So. Yeah. Do you think, um, do you think, uh, China, I, I, in my intro here, I said that, um, you mentioned that China could be going to school on what's happening with the Russians in Ukraine. So, uh, my first question, uh, is, do you think China expected a cakewalk for Russia?
7: Yes, I, th- I think they had and uh, largely part because I'm sure the, that's what the Russians told them. So, so the Chinese are all in. And if you look at what's now, look, this is going to be a very protracted conflict. Um, even if Putin wins, uh, it will take virtually the entire Russian active duty ground forces to occupy Ukraine. Ukraine will be devastated. They'll have 40 million people and they'll have no infrastructure. So it will be an enormous burden on the Russia. Their economy is is in the tank. They've actually kind of united Europe, not just against Russia, but, but made the Russians more skeptical of the Chinese because of the Chinese support. So that the Chinese and the Russians were counting on, hey, this is going to be over in a couple of days, and then the world will just blink and accept it, and, and we'll move on, and we can go back to doing what we're doing. That's, that's not the situation they uh, expected. And uh, it's actually, I think, putting the Chinese in a more difficult place. I mean, they're out there defending What's literally indefensible?
3: China is you mean defending Russia? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you said protracted. What 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 are, what are we talking about here? Time frame? You think?
7: Well, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, you know, Shakespeare like unleash the dogs of war. The yeah. problem is when you do that, you know, you don't know who the dogs are going to bite. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think as long, and this is a big if, as long as that uh, supplies can get into Ukraine. So, in other words, as long as ammunition and weapons and food and medical supplies can be fed into the Ukrainian military forces, the Ukrainians are going to fight, uh, and it will be very, very difficult for, for the, um, the Russian military to root them out without being incredibly destructive. Uh, on the other hand, if, if you can cut those lines of communication, those lines of supply, then it'll be very, very difficult for the Ukrainians to hang on. Now, it, it may look like the siege of Stalingrad. It may take them, who knows, to reduce these things, but eventually they will. On the other hand, if you can keep those lines open, then this war could actually become quite quite so, protracted.
3: And um, has, has it already reached the point for Russia that this was a bad idea?
7: Well, it, 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 certainly, it's, it certainly puts them off their timetable. Mm-hmm. So even let's assume that the Russians can actually finish this militarily um, and and occupy the country, take you know basically take half of it, make the other half a rub government
8: the,
7: the damage that they've done to their military and their economy is it'll it, it could be a while before Putin tries the next thing. Mm-hmm. and what 's really going to determine the future is always think two things that make Putin relevant to the West, one is the military and the other is, is you know energy and you can blackmail people in energy because lot so of energy so then we have to look at what decisions do people make based on what just happened if if they realize Putin and, and the Chinese are a permanent threat because Putin essentially is doing china 's work for them in Europe because the Chinese want a weakened divided europe if 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 they see this as a permanent threat and the NATO allies, you know, they do their part and we do our part and we actually get serious about energy independence, then then um, Putin becomes irrelevant. Now, it would be tragic that that to drive those very sensible, responsible policies has to happen by the destruction of a nation of 44 million people. But to me, the, the great I mean, an even greater tragedy is if we learn nothing from the sacrifice of the Ukrainian people and what they've done about their fight for freedom, that we should miss our obligations. Look, we don't want to start World War III. We don't want to fight with the Russians. We don't want to fight with the Chinese. But you know, anybody that's been a kid in a schoolyard and seen how a bully works, know how this works. If nobody stands up to the bully, the bully doesn't get less dangerous. The bully gets more aggressive. Right. And so if we don't stand up, then 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 when we turn our back, some bully's going to smack us in the back of the head.
3: What is your, uh, as with all your experience uh, in foreign policy, what is your definition of standing up, and where, is, where where do you draw the line?
7: Well, I think drawing the line is really easy. It's at the front edge of NATO. I mean, it, Putin has to understand if he crosses into the NATO territory, he has picked a war with with the thirty members of NATO's alliance, mm-hmm. and, and he has to never question that. So, and. And what's going to deter him is not that we say we're going to defend ourselves, but that we actually put out the capability to do that. And that means that the NATO partners are, are doing their fair share and that we're doing our fair share. And we are putting up a real credible defense. The other thing is, 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 is as long as we are all drawing on Russian energy, that this is all a joke because it, when winter comes, people have to heat their homes. So if America's energy independent, we are the we are the global driver of energy prices and supply in the world and we can do that between us and the canadians with our domestic production and and what the canadians can do we can do that and you know what we can actually be better stewards for the planet for it there's nothing that says that you can't use fossil fuels and not reduce you know emissions and and be more efficient in the use of use. you can do those things and actually the private sector will do those things because there's actually a cost benefit for them to do that but the, the trick is you have to get the US government out of this business of trying to dictate you know how we're going to power our homes because that is madness
3: well how do you like the chances of that happening with in the in the next well i was going to say the next three years but maybe january of next year that that could change that the US government would be playing a different role in in how we develop energy or is that that we have to wait till Joe Biden's
7: gone. I, I look. I'm an optimist. I mean, I look. If you look at all the big issues in America, inflation, border, immigration, foreign policy, energy prices, Americans don't like what they're seeing, and they want different. We're seeing a lot of energy at the state and local level. Um, I think we'll see more energy from from uh, from Congress, and you know, I, I think. If we advocate for ourselves, you know, so, you know, give an example. I mean, a week ago, the administration said they weren't they were going to keep buying Russian energy. So essentially, they're going to keep paying for for Putin to invade the Ukraine, and they got so much heat for that that now they want to stop. You know, unfortunately, they want they want to stop by buying Iranian and Venezuelan oil, which is in many ways even worse. Um, but you know, we we have to keep our pet, you know, our foot to the pedal on what that we want. We we want secure borders. We want our immigration laws enforced. We want government to be responsible in their spending and bring down inflation and not run up our debt. You know, we want America to be energy independent and to unleash our energy sector. We demand these things, and as soon as we stop saying that we demand them, then he will go back to go back to what he's doing.
3: Yeah, uh, I, I, something's got to give here. Um, and we're talking about right. you know people are out there talking about ten dollars a gallon. There's no way that's going to fly. No, but no way um, be putting up with that. That's a,
7: and that's the reality. And you know, to, to this, these alternate plans, like, oh, we will make up the difference by buying oil from Iran. Well, if you do it now, they're looking for excuses to do an Iran deal. And even the administration has said an Iran deal cannot keep Iran from getting a nuclear weapon. Well, now they're just looking at excuses. Well, if there's an Iran deal, we can buy oil from them. But as soon as you do an Iran deal then that means the Iranian economy is open to the world. That means they are a backdoor, and Russia can use Iran to evade every sanction. And not only that, Iran can take all the money that they make from selling oil to the United States, and they can turn around and buy weapons from Russia to threaten America and its allies in the region, and and that's a cash cow for Putin. And then you want to buy oil from Venezuela. Well, Venezuela is an ally of Iran, Russia, and China. So you're basically funding a country in Latin America to be a threat to the United States.
3: Yeah, it seems you crazy
7: to
3: me. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but it seems to me it'd be better to get our oil from Texas than from Iran. I, that's just me. I, um, I do maybe, maybe that's a crazy idea.
7: And they just lie. I mean, they have done everything in their power to strangle American domestic production, and, and, they, and they do this because they think this is going to help with the green transition. Well, since they've been in office... There's only one sector of the American energy economy that has not grown. Renewables. <laughs> renewables are flat. Yeah. So they're attacking oil and gas and coal. And and it's, and it's the thing they love is flat. And the reason for that is really simple. Physics and chemistry and economics haven't changed. You cannot power the American economy on renewables. And I don't care what the price of gas is. It can be $50 a gallon. You're still not going to have a green economy that can power this country. It's just not going to happen. And we all want to save the planet and, and protect our blue dot because it's the only one we have. But but their green energy plan is is not going to accomplish that.
3: We're talking to James Carafano, foreign policy expert at the Heritage Foundation. i got to ask you about this. Um, a couple of days ago, I kind of just threw it out there um, as what I, I said. I don't know what this is. Maybe it's just a conspiracy theory, but you know I'm throwing it out there for you. And it's the story of the Russians. Uh, it was Becker News that had the story, but um, the story was that uh, and he this, the website produced documents written in Russian and translated that showed that they had discovered uh, bio labs being uh, run by and funded by the U.S. in Ukraine. And then I see that Victoria Newland, who's an Undersecretary of State admitted in testimony uh, in in Congress that she was worried about those because there were, there are, or were, biolabs in Ukraine. So uh, what do you make of that? And if they were, if if the Russians rightly or wrongly got the impression that these biolabs, number one, that they existed, but number two, that they might be working on what could be called, quote-unquote, weapons of mass destruction, how would they not be justified in going into Ukraine to get rid of them?
7: Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, uh, First of all, uh, remember, the Russians never rolled out this theory until after their attacks in the Ukraine bogged down. So if this was a real thing and a real justification for the war, they would have said that, before they invaded, so that's a big clue, red flag right there, that this is a this is a complete Russian fabrication.
1: Okay. So here
7: here's the reality: the United States gives money to countries all over the world to help with their bio lab facilities, and the reason why we do that is because we are committed to observing the Biological Weapons Convention, which which prohibits uh, the use of biological weapons, and also we want to help people improve their lab safety all over the world. So it's not just Ukraine. You're going to find many dozens of countries that have investments for the United States in their bio labs. And all that investment is to help improve the safety of their bio lab. So for example, if they're working on a pathogen and a backseat that they have a level facility that they can ensure that that will leak out. So it's ironic about this. Is that we see Nobody's excited that China does none of those things. China has the most atrocious laboratory security in the world, which is probably why like COVID leaked out. That That's a problem. The Russians routinely violate the Chemical Weapons Convention, and we deeply suspect they have also violated the Biological Weapons Convention. So, th- so this, is, this is somebody taking a, a piece of information and turning it into something which is literally a falsehood which is another clue, because that is exactly what the Russians always do.
3: Um, I I only have a couple minutes left here, James. Uh, You wrote a book called Wiki at War, Conflict in a Socially Networked World, uh, a look at the effect of the Internet on national security. There's been a lot of talk about Putin's next move being a a major cyber attack. First question, what are the chances, do you think, of that happening?
7: Well, one is we're already being cyber attacked by the Russians. They they started attacking us even before the invasion. Okay, um, and 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 the Chinese attack us all the time. You know, one of those, I think one of the things that we have learned here we talk about you know cyber attacks and hybrid warfare and little green Mill and all that stuff. At the end of the day, what takes down countries is artillery and missiles and tanks. Mm-hmm. And so, for all the Russians' supposedly amazing cyber weapons that they have and everything else. If they really want to take someplace, they have to do it by force. And I think there's a real lesson there that people need to learn.
3: The last thing here, got, Justin Trudeau in Canada showed how easy it is for a government to freeze a citizen's bank account. Um, how hard would it be for a foreign country, if it got to that point, to shut down financial networks? I mean, Trudeau was taken, uh, shutting down people's bank accounts for after they uh, contributed right. $25 to the to the truck convoy.
7: Oh yeah, I mean governments can shut down financial networks. There's no question about that, you know. Um, and 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 that's tremendous. The fact the Russians are doing it right now, as we speak, the Russians are shutting down all their financial networks so money can't leave the country because because the sanctions are hurting them so
8: much. Mm-hmm.
7: You know, you know I will tell people this is you can never invent a government that is people proof. I don't care what kind of checks and balances. If you don't put people in government who are there to serve people as opposed to seize political power, you're always putting yourself at risk.
3: Yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> I don't like the people that are in power here in the United States, but, you know, not much I can do about that for now. Hey, um, James, I really appreciate you coming on and clearing that up, uh, and I uh, hope to have you on again. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Okay, that's James Carafano at the Heritage Foundation. We'll be right back.
0: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A Russian airstrike has devastated a maternity hospital in the port city of Mariupol, with Ukrainian officials saying at least 17 people have been wounded. The attack comes amid growing warnings from the West that the invasion is about to take a more brutal turn. Lawmakers are including a $13.6 billion amount in Ukraine-related aid and a massive
6: government funding bill. It's expected to get a vote in the House today. The agreement would provide new humanitarian assistance and military aid in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. House Rules Committee ranking Republican Tom Cole says the Biden administration is finally talking about properly funding the military.
0: If the present crisis in Ukraine shows us nothing else, it should show us the need to continue to adequately fund our national defense. Bernie Bennett with that report. This is SRN News.
8: Well, when we brought him home, we didn't realize that Bear, the rescue dog, was actually sick. He had very flaky skin. He was dropping a lot of fur, and Lavette wanted to do steroid injections, special dog food. Nothing seemed to work, so I was at a dead end. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E oh. dot com. I've been hearing Dynovite on the radio for years. It never actually crossed my mind to try it until it finally sunk in. Oh, you're talking about hair and skin, and all right, <laughs> I'll try it. Well, it took probably six weeks, but after we started using Dynovite, no more flaky skin. He doesn't scratch and itch, and he started to put weight on.
5: Dynovite is nutrition.
8: I wish that we would have started the Dynovite right away. It would have been so much easier. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. Every rescue dog in America deserves Dynavite for 90 days. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E ecom
6: Hugh Hewitt watches Biden lead from behind. The president has done nothing ahead of the European allies. He really is leading from behind. It's a it's a reversion to Obama-era leading. But whatever, Germany yesterday announced that they are sending 500 stingers. And then as soon as Germany said we're sending 500 stingers, the United States said, okay, we'll send 500 too. So whatever Europe does, we mirror, but we're not leading. The Hugh Hewitt Show,
0: weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. Whose rule book do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law.
6: Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free Relief Factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that I can tell you fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking Relief Factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation. The source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800 for relief to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference.
0: AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, TuneIn, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
1: Our afternoon ends with ongoing delays on the Parkway East outbound from Gledwood up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Close to a 10-minute delay. Inbound just minor slowdowns. County Jail to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, not too bad at the moment. little slow to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Penn Avenue, Wilkinsburg area. That's shut down with building instability between Center Street and Mill Street. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250, the answer weather. Mostly
2: cloudy skies expected for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 25. Cloudy tomorrow. Tomorrow's high 48. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 26. Friday cloudy with snow at night will reach a high Friday of 52. Rain Friday evening will change to snow and accumulate three to six inches before ending Saturday afternoon. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The
0: John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
3: Well, it's a uh, it's a story that won't go away, and it's a story that the local media, for some reason, seem to wish would go away, if they're even aware of it. And it's a story that it seems that uh, they have ignored, if they are aware of it. It's Pitt, UPMC, and what's been done and being done with aborted fetuses there. Sam Dorman of The Federalist is still looking for answers. He joins us now. Sam, thanks for being here. Hey, John.
9: Thanks so much for having me.
3: So uh, for, let's start here with uh, for people who are unaware of the questions being raised about the experiments, ex- experiments on uh, fetuses at Pitt. Let's start there with a quick summary of what. Um, well, people like you who have been looking into this, Mister um, uh, Deliden, and all those people uh, have been. Uh, what w- the questions you have about all this?
9: Sure. I mean, there's always been questions around um, Pitt's research, just in general, in this area. Um, So the main issue that's recently come up is David Delahdin and Judicial Watch. They received documents from NIH basically showing that Pitt had requested millions of dollars in federal funding for a program that was they they described as a pipeline for organs, essentially um, fetal organs for research. And so the question is, you know, obviously with all these um, situations involving abortions, is how are the abortions performed because they involve donations or um, the transfer of money, then it's going to, you know, there's, there's questions about is this violating fetal tissue trafficking laws. So um, the, the key things in Pitt's application is that they mention minimizing ischemic time, um, which refers to blood flow after the, the particular body part has been severed. And so uh, the Pitt's application and the wording that Pitt itself has used um, in a statement to me, that has caused multiple physicians to say that it looks as though you know, PIT is either uh, they're extracting organs from live fetuses or fetuses that were just, their, their lives had just ended. So um, that's an issue. And then nearly 100 members of Congress, based on a letter um, to NIH and DOJ recently, or this was in the fall, sorry, um, <clears throat> basically just suggesting, you know, that the, the, the phrasing in PITS application looks like they were offering procedures in violating uh, fetal tissue trafficking law.
3: Yeah, and uh, and this the, the the key point here, I think anyway, is that this the questions were raised by um, documents or inquiries or whatever you want to call them from Pitt asking about or describing these procedures, which kind of convicted them just uh, by that alone, right? And and at least gave them right. uh, gave people reason to ask major questions about it.
9: Right. I mean, PIT statements are very interesting, um, just from what they told me. Like, when I was reporting on this, they said that the scheme of time referred to the period after the tissue collection procedure. And so people like David were saying that obviously indicates that they're performing abortions on my fetuses. Like, I had, I, you know, I had asked, um, this particular spokesperson to clarify that comment, um, and they just kept saying basically that pit plays no role in medical procedures, but, again, it's, you know, if you look at Pitt's own application, they're talking about the medical procedures. They're talking about, um, how they're going to, you know, try and, whether uh, they're trying to perform these abortions or they're trying to get tissue in a way that suggests the abortions are performed in order to have usable tissue. And I think it's interesting to note that, you know, if you talk to medical doctors, they'll tell you that the when you try and do research on fetal tissue like this, it has to be very fresh. So if you, you know the reason why they want to minimize the kind time is because it can quickly expire, and it's not as good of a t- of tissue to to use in this type of research. And the induction abortions in particular are really key because those are the ones where they basically have the fetus come out. Um, it can be intact. I think it, I think induction abortions compared to other abortions are less likely to have you know the the tissue be damaged or mangled in a way that makes it no longer usable for researchers.
3: So so Pitt. Uh, according to, again, their own... It's kind of like a sales pitch from Pitt. Like, hey, right. we're going to give you some really good organs here because w- the way we take them, they're nice and fresh. Is that basically what they were right. saying to people?
9: Yes, definitely. That's Yeah, they, they need to... They were trying to apply for federal money, so they had to make a case, you know, basically selling themselves as the place to go for a peel tissue bank. Um, and I think it's also worth noting that there is a former... Uh, there was a Pittsburgh employee, UPIT um, employee, Lori Kelly, who told Abby Johnson um, that she was working on developing a basically a drop-down menu of fetal body parts to send throughout the country. Um, and this was, I think, for Pitt's Biospecimen core, their tissue bank.
3: Um, and there's been a la- uh, an amazing lack of interest from the Pittsburgh media on this. Uh, it really amazes me because uh, we've done uh, several segments on this. And what we're talking about here, if it's, if it's not true that this is what Pitt is doing, then that, that's still a story because they're being accused of doing it, credibly accused. Congress wants to know about it. So it's not just a, an idiot radio host or somebody who writes for The Federalist, as you do, or any other media person. Uh, it's, it's the government is now interested in what's going on there. So, uh, have you seen much coverage of this anywhere? Media coverage? It, it gets. I think I, I want to say it's zero in Pittsburgh, but I could be wrong about that.
9: Well, I was going to say thank you so much, John, for covering this because I I feel like local Pittsburgh media has not been covering this very well. I mean, they basically ignored it until um, Pitt announced that it was having this so-called independent investigation. And you look at like the Pittsburgh Post Gazette; their coverage is basically you know, at least in that, on that particular issue, it, it seemed more like a press release than a report. Um, and they, they did do a good job, you know, reporting on uh, Natalie and Haley's comments and things like that afterwards. But in general, it seems as though they're not digging deep into these allegations. Um, and it's kind of confusing as to why I think in general, it's just, it seems like there has been a bizarre reluctance, both at the political and media levels to take this on. Um, so you get, is like Fox or the Federalist covering it, but again, local media is not that seems to be not that interested.
3: I think they'd be embarrassed by that. Uh, they're obviously not. Um, but the uh, the National Institutes of Health, that's the NIH, was involved, and, and this is what got the attention of some members of Congress. What, have, uh, what has Congress been trying to find out, and how much has NIH cooperated with them?
9: Sure. Uh, yeah, so like I said, there's about a hundred members of Congress who sent a letter to NIH and DOJ. Um, DOJ, by the way, has not really provided me information either, but NIH was kind of the key agency that I think everyone was waiting on, um, and po- Congress asked for a lot of documentation. If you look at the letter, it's um, a lot of information about the protocols, you know, how they achieve ischemic the time at PIT or sorry, UPMC, um, and, and how uh, they perform the abortions in general. And... The, the letter that NIH, NIH returned to Congress uh, didn't have any of that information. Um, it basically, it was almost worse than doing nothing because they basically deferred the investigation that Pitt did, um, or that Pitt commissioned on its own from this, this law firm, which has been highly criticized by state and national figures um, just for, you know, because it doesn't even look into UPMC's um, activities.
3: Uh, uh, yeah, Pitt did commission a study, and it was a third party. And uh, that uh, I'm, I'm sure that um, all parties involved were hoping that that would make it go away. Uh, but it seems like Pitt and NIH are the only people who think the study had much value. So, what what's still missing from the study then?
9: I mean, uh, th- so the, yeah, so I mean, the the abortions themselves are thought to come from UPMC and. And Pitt has said that it, that they gained tissue from UPMC, the medical center. Um, Pitt's tissue bank locations are located in the medical center. So the uh, the law firm's report and their investigation, they basically just said that they weren't going to investigate uh, what was going on at the medical center because those were that was a separate entity from Pitt, which is what Pitt has said all along. But like I said, it's very it's it's confusing because they've made statements about the. Um, they, they seem to make statements about the medical procedures themselves.
3: Yeah, we mentioned that. Um, and so Pitt's defense has been, ask UPMC, uh, we're not involved. The, the problem with that, of course, is that UPMC, which I've mentioned here before, here in Pittsburgh, in Western PA, UPMC is no longer an acronym. It's a word. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's used so much. Um, but it stands for University of Pittsburgh Medical center. So it's kind of ridiculous for Pitt to separate itself from that, isn't it?
9: I think it's, it, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I have to go back and look at the specific legal arrangement, um, but there's plenty of intermingling there that, you know, that people have raised plenty of questions. When you're talking about personnel, uh, Dr. Beatrice Chen not only is the medical director at Planned Parenthood, she's also a physician at UPMC. She uh, is a professor at Pitt, and she served on the, the institutional review board at Pitt, which reviews, you know, the the, the ethics for these various projects.
3: Yeah, um, and uh, some great things have come out of Pitt's uh, medical research, uh, not the least of which <laughs> would be the polio vaccine. Uh, Dr. Jonas Salk, uh, which you know everybody here in Pittsburgh is aware of, uh, and it just seems to me that if this were something, if, if 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 experiments at UPMC had discovered a cure for cancer, I have a feeling Pitt would be taking some credit for that or be happy to be associated with it.
9: Right. <laughs> yes, um, and it's you know the university itself or the UPMC itself has talked about its cooperation with Pitt. Um, you had, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 they're, they're very clearly <laughs> there's some major cooperation. You get like the Ryan Residency Program, um, which is a major abortion residency program in the United States, and that um, involved fellows or researchers that were doing work at UPMC, and I think it involved the Plain Parenthood Clinic as well. So, it, there, you know, it's it, and like I said, the, the tissue bank locations are also located in UPMC.
3: So Pitt is um, um, very much involved in abortion uh, and, and and is, I guess, if it's an industry, is is well-known in the industry for being, I, I don't know if that, would it would be unfair to call them a leader in the abortion industry?
9: Pitt? Um, not Pitt. Let's
3: say know, UPMC know, I, I, if you want to go that way, but it's, to me it's the you know, same thing. You can um, yeah, you
9: know, I'm not sure. Um what I would say is that there's certain locations within the United States that have these fetal tissue research programs, um, or they have uh, tissue banks set up, and there seem to be connections to, for example, in I think it's either in San Diego or one of the somewhere in California. There's a connection with Planned Parenthood and the Ryan Residency Program, and this is kind of an ongoing question as to like you know what is the relationship between these different places. Um, they're all working in close connection with each other, although they're, they're technically separate. Um, you look at David Lydon has claimed that his sources said that there's an FBM FBI investigation at Pitt, although Pitt has said they're unaware of anything like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's clearly a, a I, I'd say like Pitt along with probably some places in California, Washington and Texas are some of the major, um, the, the major points of interest for, you know, what goes on with fetal tissue research.
3: And uh, I think we've mentioned here, but members of Congress want the Biden administration to uh, conduct a real investigation. Uh, Joe Biden is uh, one of the biggest fans of abortion ever to be president, right up there with a guy he used to work with, uh, Obama. What are the chances of uh, anything happening from the government end uh, to investigate this?
9: Yeah, that's a good question, Um, because especially HHS just in general, I think is – been pretty opaque and not been willing to help Congress, um, or at least, you know, the, the, letters that come from Republicans in Congress, they don't get much response on really critical issues, including on abortion, um, and religious liberty. So I think that when, if Republicans win the house, um, you're probably going to see a lot more, um, you'll probably see at least some more oversight, um, in terms of trying to ask pit or trying to ask, uh, NIH for this. But again, it's, you know. The Biden administration ultimately controls this, so it's uh, it's, it's anyone's guess, I
3: guess. <laughs> yeah. So, but but if the Republicans take over the House and Senate, you, there's a hundred there are a hundred people out there who have uh, signed on to this. Um, right. You would think that something's going to happen if the Republicans. This would be one of the things. I'm not saying it would be uh, on the front burner, but it would be something that they'd be looking at.
9: Um, yes, and. I, I mean that that seems like something that they would do. Um, one thing I'll say is that this letter that I obtained, I got it last week. I think that this was sent to members of Congress in the beginning of February. So, um, and they didn't, you know, that, we haven't seen anything since then. I don't know. I mean, it, obviously, there's a lot going on in Congress, and it takes a while. So, who knows what they were um, what they were working on? But um, yeah, you would think that this would be a, a big priority for them.
3: But the problem is that um, the the people who – the pro-abortion people um, and the apologists for abortion in the abortion industry, uh, that bogus study that Pitt had the law firm do was enough to get them off their backs. And, they're, that, that, and that justifies their uh, uh, willingness to just ignore it from here on out. Hey, it's been looked into. It was investigated. They're not breaking the law. Leave us alone.
9: Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, you've had members of Congress, so um, uh, Mike Kelly and uh, Chris Smith specifically were talking about how the investigation was inadequate. Natalie Mihalik is one of the state representatives who helped announce this investigation. She herself has said that it's inadequate. Um, but, again, we haven't seen much action from her. Um, there hasn't been much action, at least that I'm aware of, from the state legislature. You know, you've had Kathy Rapp um, ask it or for investigation with the auditor general, I think, but um, I'm not really sure what's come after that. But going back to your point, I think that Republicans, there, is, there are certain things they can do with their oversight authority at the federal level. Um, it's just a question of, you know, whether they'll exercise that.
3: We're talking to Sam Dorman finishing up here. Sam has a piece up with the Federalists about the story at Pitt that, uh, well, it won't go away because people like Sam are not letting it go away. Um, uh, about pit and fetal and, tissue, but is this uh, Sam? I got about a minute left. Is this more of an ethical issue or a legal issue? Are there legal uh, things here that pit could be uh, ex- uh, exposed with or on?
9: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely both. Um, when you talk about the legal side, you you look at some of the statements they've made and whether they're whether that means that they're violating fetal tissue trafficking laws, whether they're violating the Partial Birth Abortion Act. Um, obviously, you know, they've said that they comply with all state and federal regulations, but, um, are concerns just based on their statements. And then in terms of the ethics, uh, you've had Natalie Mihalik and, um, Carla Sands, who's a former ambassador to the Senate candidate. She talked about how this isn't really even just about the legality of the issue. Um, it's about what, I guess, how this defends the conscience. And it's the same thing with the study that, it did involving fetal scalps, you know, being grafted onto rodents. It's not. Um, th- there's a lot of questions surrounding it that aren't even about the legality.
3: Well, Sam, I'm out of time. I really, I'm glad you're still uh, writing about this. People can find your piece at theFederalist.com, and uh, I have a feeling it's not the last we're going to be hearing about it. But I appreciate uh, you doing it. We'll hope to have you on again.
9: Sounds good. Thanks so much, John.
3: Okay, that's Sam Dorman of the Federalist, and we'll be right back. When I adopted
0: her, she was a mess. Scabs, itching, licking, missing fur, hot spots, a thin, dull coat. So I take the dog to the vet for the standard run of the mill tests and treatments. No results. I hear your advertisement on the radio.
8: D I N O V I T E dot com.
0: So I get the five pound box of DynaVite and the Licko chops within a four week total. Instead of a German shedder, I have a German Shepherd. Sheba is a hundred and five lean pounds of shiny, smooth, happy dog for life because she gets fed Dynavite. and the results—they're just incredibly outstanding. And she loves it. When you rescue a dog, you have to do the right thing. You've got to feed them right for life. Do the Dynavite. Dynavite for
3: life. You won't believe how happy your dog will be.
1: Eight five
8: nine four two eight one thousand. D i n o oh. v i t e
3: dot com. This is. John Sagerwald. You know, I used to think that all towels are pretty much the same, but I found out with MyPillow towels, that's not the case. Towels just don't seem to dry anymore. They feel soft and lotion in the stores, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that around 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and adding softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA, and they have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all Made with USA cotton, they come with the My Pillow 60 day money back guarantee. You can get a six piece set: two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Made with USA cotton, soft and absorbent. Regularly 109.99, now 39.99. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the new Radio Lister specials, get deep discounts on all My Pillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 for these great radio
1: specials. Hey, I'm Andy. Enjoy. This is
0: the John Stucker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
3: Well, it's got about a minute and a half left here. I, I guess I, I i should mention uh, I was going to run this soundbite and I forgot to re- get it um, recorded uh, to, for the show, but I, I can. It, it's a real quick one, and it's from Joe Biden from the debates, uh, presidential debates in 2020. Uh, and this is a direct quote, and I know it's a correct quote because I've heard it and I wish I could play it for you now but I was too dumb to just like I gave Mike the wrong phone number a little while ago I was too dumb to get it recorded Uh, by the way I give Mike the wrong phone how often do I do that about once every couple of weeks or would it be more often than that no less no he's being nice Uh, He's in there struggling. Ah, this guy's not answering the phone. I'm calling it and it keeps getting the boy. And then uh, uh, he says, uh, it was a typo. It was 250 instead of 350. Anyway, here's the quote from Joe Biden. No more subsidies for the fossil fuel industry. This is what he said right out loud at the debate. No more subsidies for the fossil fuel industry no more drilling, including offshore, no ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period, it ends, unquote. And you know what? We're told that 81 million people voted for this idiot. And now gas is looking at $5 a gallon around here any day now. No more subsidies. It's done for fossil fuel. And he's president for three more years if he lasts that long. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: Bye. The John Staggerwalt Show is a production of the Antair Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.